Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Discover New Music podcast from Full Pelt Music. Shortly we will be chatting with God Eater, who we recently featured over on our Discover New Music playlist on Spotify with their single God Complex. But before then, the usual reminders from myself, if you would, please do follow us on social media. We are on Facebook at Full Pelt and on Twitter and Instagram at Full Pelt Music. And again, if you would, please do hit that like button, hit that subscribe button wherever you're watching or listening. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of the Discover New Music podcast. We're absolutely delighted today to be joined by Ross from God Eater. Um, thanks for joining us, Ross. How are you this fine evening? Hello, uh, I'm good. Uh, I'm just, I'm actually just home from work. Uh, so looking forward to talking about anything that isn't actually <laughs> my like, day job. Yeah, I know that feeling very, very well. So um, let's oblige you, Ross. Let's, let's dive straight in. So the first topic that we always feature on our Discover New Music podcast, because obviously it's a podcast aimed at bringing new music to people, um, you know, bands that perhaps people aren't familiar with. So we always start off with what we call the origin story. So obviously, uh, God Eater, you know, I've been going for a little while now, actually, probably a bit longer than a number of the bands that we've discussed this subject with on the on the podcast. But, you know, what is the origin story of the band? You know, how did you guys get to this point? Uh, I was actually talking about this the other day on a completely unrelated like thing, just like an in like uninterview related, unband related, <laughs> and it kind of come up. So I actually like do remember now. Um, so we've been a band for like six years now. Um, Twenty sixteen is kind of like the starting point, and I would say we made a bit of foot headway in 2017, 2018, and then 2019 is kind of ultimately when the band, I would say, as it is currently, um, and where it's kind of going kind of took off. But um, basically in kind of 2016, I got a message from uh, Andy and Will, basically kind of being like, they were in another band together, and they've I think it's kind of like alt-rock, kind of alt-metal kind of thing, and basically they were like we really want to play something with blast beats effectively like something heavier something faster like that's what we are into really at the end of the day and like we kind of want to try it and um, like what do you do <laughs> like what are you up to because ultimately at the end of the day like I've, I've played guitar for years I've written music for years but I kind of reached a point in my like very late teens of I just could never get anything to kind of take off yeah. I couldn't get a consistent kind of lineup and I could never really find the group of people to play what I guess I maybe wanted to play uh, and then just you kind of approach your kind of mid-twenties people's vibes kind of change so I kind of like was like uh, I guess I still love playing guitar I still love writing music but like it's not really for me I guess the whole touring thing and whatever so they reached out to me and I was like mm, yeah I'll give it a try uh like, what have you got? Like, have you got songs? Uh, have you got a drummer? Because that's always, like, the the absolute deal-breaker for this style of music, like, the really extreme metal stuff. Like, if you've not got the drummer, like, yeah. it's not going anywhere. Because that is, like, the, actually, at the end of the day, the foundation of the band is the drummer. Um, and they were like, well, uh, we might actually have someone. Uh, and it turns out they did, um, who's unfortunately not in the band anymore. Um, again, times just changed so they'd reached out to me uh I'd known Will for years at that point like just in sort of passing um and we went to see uh we were all at like the same Cattle Decapitation show 
and I kind of met Andy for the first time. I met our then drummer, like kind of properly. Like I, yeah. I again, I knew him in passing. I didn't really know him. Uh, and then we just went into a practice room, <laughs> and I kind of showed up on day one because I because I just write music basically. I showed up on day one with like, this is my song. <laughs> And, and here it is, and here are the guitar parts, and here's the bass part, and here are the drums, and oh, we've, well, I always use synth, so here are the click tracks, and here's the backing track. <laughs> it was like on day one, like in the rehearsal room, and I think we were all a bit like, oh, okay, this doesn't really feel like messing about anymore, even though you've <laughs> got like one yeah. song. It was like the strangest thing, and then from there, there was a real like kind of sense of, okay, so we should do an album. Uh, and then that kind of became an EP while I was working on an album. Got to 2017, played some shows. 2018, played some shows. Uh, and then, yeah, kind of going into 2019, we finished our first album, which is called All Flesh is Grass. Um, we finished that and then I kind of basically had got to a point of being like, I know we want to do more with this, but like we don't really know how to or who to talk to. Um, so we spoke to basically a local promoter in Glasgow um, who does like loads of like sex shows and just asking kind of advice and basically he agreed to kind of manage us um, and he's still our manager now. Great. Um, so yeah and it's just since then it's just been okay so we did an album 2020 hit that's obviously a disaster we all know that yeah. um, but we I, I kept writing music kept releasing it with the, the band and now it's kind of like okay album two let's go again like it's we've already been on tour last year we did some festivals and again now we're ready to go again like we're back on tour in three four weeks i think now um so that's pretty much it like minus kind of ups and downs like that's pretty much the like where it started where it is now and it doesn't really feel like six years no. it feels like as good as yesterday that i walked into that practice room for the first time uh and yeah. we, we haven't even practiced there in years, but like it, it was just that from day one. It felt, it felt more like a cohesive kind of like okay, this is a like this is a band. This is like we're we're get, we're talking about t-shirts. We're talking about CDs, <laughs> we're talking about doing an album. Like it just felt really like quite serious from the get go. And I think that's something that I warmed to quite a lot. And again, now I've just kind of like. I guess at the end of the day, like I'm almost the dri kind of driving force of the band, um, which is a complete accident as well. Like I kind of went into being like, oh, well, you guys kind of have this yeah. idea. Like I'll, I'll come in and play some guitar. Like I might write a few riffs and now it's just like spiraled from there. Yeah, no, it has. And obviously, you know, you're in a really good place now. And yeah, you know, we probably don't want to dwell too much on the, you know, the last couple of years. But, you know, when I heard you say, you know, oh, we were just hitting that point in 2019, you know, instantly you just think it's not a good, good time <laughs> to keep that momentum going, is it? You know, I mean, it's not a good time in theory, but I also feel like we released an album. We did a few tours. Uh, we'd never really toured as a band before like we, we got out of Glasgow fairly quickly as a band yeah. like I will say that um you know I think our second ever show was in London and then we were doing like a festival at, like it it was quite zero to 100 yeah. you know pretty quickly um and I actually think 2020 happening the way it did gave me in particular as a writer like 
that kind of time that you're just not going to get to do a second album, mm. to work on it, to work behind the scenes, to develop the band in a way that ultimately we never really had time to do before then, and also didn't really have the expertise internally to do in terms of growing your numbers, in terms of a social presence, in terms of new things to try. Um, so actually, at the end of the day, like I view the past few years as like actually a real growing yeah. point for the band um, maybe not conventionally in a sort of going on tour and rinse and repeat the cycle thing but like in terms of actually knuckling down and having some time to think about things to try some new things to evolve internally a little bit um, has actually been really good um, I think 2020 in particular was a very creative year for me uh, and I feel very fortunate actually that things worked out in the way they did in terms of my work situation, like kind of job situation, my home situation, like I was very lucky. Um, and since then, I mean, the, we have had, you know, some changes in the band. There's been ups and downs, but like ultimately I'm, I'm kind of sitting here with the other guys in 2022, like ready to put out this new album, yeah. which has been a lot, a lot of work behind the scenes and a lot of, you know the same old discussion that like a lot of blood sweat and tears has gone <laughs> into it but I feel like we're in actually a really good place as a band and um, to kind of start that growth again and we haven't really fallen off despite the fact that there's been the past kind of two years which is nice. Yeah, uh, yeah it's really refreshing to be honest to, to hear you talk about it as such because obviously you know the pandemic has, has decimated a lot of the, the music industry and you know a lot of bands sadly didn't make it out of the other side so you know it is really nice to hear that other side of it you know and, and show that there were you know relatively some uh, some positives to it for, for some people which is great. I mean I'm putting a really nice positive spin on it well I'm not showing it are the days I've sat in here in my room just like <laughs> sobbing into the corner but <laughs> by and large I'm I'm viewing it as you know a really not really a positive experience, but actually at the end of the day, a positive kind of time for the band, which is nice at the end of the day. Yeah. And I feel quite good that I'm able to do that because I think if I'd been sitting here now without it having worked that way, without the progression we've been able to do, without being able to play live, I think I really would be maybe having, not second thoughts, but I think I would be feeling very differently about it. So it's, it's nice that I've been able to not feel like that. Yeah, no, it definitely is really, really nice. And and you spoke about, you know, being able to um, take that time to write and you specifically said to be able to write some riffs, which obviously brings us naturally on to uh, God Complex, your single uh, that you've just put out, which obviously we think you're very vulnerable. There are playlist. a lot of riffs in it. <laughs> there is an awful lot of awesome riffs in the in the song. You know, we, we obviously we've really enjoyed it, hence we put it on the playlist and we obviously wanted to get you on to discuss it, you know, so... Talk to us about the creation of, of God Complex. You know, how did that song come together and where on earth did them riffs come from? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they all come <laughs> from my rubbish little brain. <laughs> um, to be honest, like, it's, it's weird because we, we kind of finished our first album. Uh, and to be honest, see, before it was out, I'd already kind of started writing. Because, like I say, like, I'm always constantly writing something i've got an idea whatever um so i kind of started writing it and i had like i actually think the chord progression in the chorus of god complex is one of the first things i had for this new album and it's kind of wired into like a couple of other songs on the album particularly the first song into this 
God Complex because it's the second track on the album. Yeah. Um, so I had that quite early on and it kind of just sat there and then I gradually started kind of building it up. But yeah, it's a weird song for us. Like I'm, I, I keep saying to people, like I'm quite surprised for us how much people seem to be enjoying it because at the end of the day, like you listen to songs like The Hatchet that we released as the first single. Yeah. You listen to sort of previous songs, You Are No Exception and Silent Spring being two songs that really like, it's fast, it's all over the place. It's just all a bit wild. Whereas this is a much more kind of, I can't, I wouldn't really say laid back, but like it's a groovier pace. It's more yeah. almost, it's quite fast, but like it's more mid-tempo and there's more openness to it and it's more like almost a straight up kind of metal song to me than yeah. death metal like i know there's blast beats and stuff in it and it's still obviously extreme metal but it's definitely a more straight up metal song so i suppose in a sense that is actually why more people seem to be like kind of latching onto it rather than the ridiculous stuff that we've been <laughs> kind of known for doing from time to time um, so yeah, part of it I'd say is like quite early on in the album I'd kind of come up with it and I, I didn't really know if it would make the cut um, and then I kind of, you know, I always, I write in tab, like guitar tab a lot of the time so I can send everybody these little like MIDI versions which everybody hates apart from me because I'm like used to them but I finally did like an actual demo and I'm sure this was like one of the first songs that kind of came back and everyone was just like, yeah, that's really like, in, yeah. like interesting is maybe not the right word because I don't feel like it's all over the place and it's interesting in that sense but like it felt like it was onto something a little bit different for us and that and I think that's something we've wanted to do with every release like if you go through from even our first ever demo first EP first album and everything since there's been like a clear like evolution of the band even though it's still clearly got our sort of little signature to it I guess yeah. you could say yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, e evolution is a great word for it. And, and you know, it, it's something that all bands have to do. And I think, you know, God Complex, as you say, probably is the most uh, digestible single, perhaps, that you've put out there um, so far. And, and, yeah, that's probably why it's getting um, the reaction it's getting, other than the fact that it's obviously an awesome song, you know. So um, let's touch uh, just quickly, obviously, on, on The Hatchet. So obviously that was the first single that you've put out from the new album that we are going to talk about in just a moment. Um, so regarding the hatchet, you know, what about that song um, made it uh, stand out to you that you thought, well, this needs to be the lead single from the album? Uh, so for me, I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that in your sort of three and a half, your four minutes, that ultimately is an evolved version of what we've been doing up to this point. Like, it completely jumps off the the sort of chaotic doesn't really repeat itself type structure it's got like the fast kind of choppy riff at the end it's got the sort of orchestrations in the middle and that big symphonic section it's got the sort of like sort kind of repeats but doesn't really kind of variation of the intro riff like it just felt to me like that was the song I listened to back out of the eight that are on the album and I kind of was just like that's number one. Like, it goes off with a single snare hit at the start, and it just sounds like us as a band kind of moving forward. Um, and kind of lyrically, it kind of taps into that idea as well, though, of, like, a lot of it's about kind of facing up to those difficult conversations that you don't really want to have. 
And I think that's been such a prevalent kind of topic in the past few years. Um, but not just musically, but lyrically, it kind of taps into and really felt like, for me anyway, that it should have been and well, was the first single off the album before we could then kind of drop drop off the pace and try something a little bit different to see how it went. Because I, I think the original plan was potentially to do God Complex first. And I kind of put the old, <laughs> the old steel toe cap down and was like, I really don't... Not that I think it's a bad song and not that I don't think people will like it, but I think it is just too weird the set. Which sounds bizarre to say because it is just like a metal song yeah. and you're like, well, how bizarre a step can it really be? But I, I really did feel that it couldn't be num like the first single. So I'm quite glad we've we've held it back and done it as a second one. And you are now beginning to see a variation in the album through releasing them in that order as well. And it was also cool to like put them out as the two songs when God Complex came out because you put them together on Spotify yeah. and people can hear that they joined together, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, no. it's cool. It is. It's very cool, and you know, also very cool is the uh, aesthetic to the bands. I mean, you talked a bit about social presence earlier, and I think a big part of that nowadays is you know the visuals that come around a band, and I think that's obviously having research for this interview something that you know you guys are doing really, really well. Uh, and as part of that, we should talk about the, the videos for the two songs we just talked about, so ha the Hatchet and God Complex the videos really tie into each other uh, and, and work together. So where did the concept for all that come from? And, you know, what was it like putting it together? Uh, mayhem, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was originally kind of meant to be, like, I've wanted to do, like, a kind of narrative thing in videos for, for a while now, because I, I think it's interesting. Like, I love yeah. films. I love cinema. I, I think there's so much more to be done visually than we are five grown adults playing in a warehouse or a field. And I know that's such a cliche thing to actually say, but like, I think there's some so much more that can be done with it. And, yeah. I, and I know budgets are a, a problem, um, especially if you're a small band like us, like we don't have a big budget, but we try and work with people who want to make it work with us and who want us to be involved because like in making this sort of artwork like I was quite I wasn't there when the artwork was being made but like I've been there when all the videos have been getting done like I'm behind Callum McMillan who shot them all and has edited them all like I, I've been there the whole time um but yeah it was originally kind of meant to be a more like kind of half narrative half band type scenario where we're going to go to like a studio space and shoot it and all this kind of stuff but um as a band geographically we are a little spread out and you're still kind of trying to navigate ultimately that point um covid unfortunately yeah. you're trying to navigate flights buses trains planes flights and planes i've said that twice but <laughs> cars like there are a lot of moving parts and I, and i think it kind of came to sort of crunch time and we were like why don't we just do it as a narrative and tie it in with the artwork which is like the artwork as well like it's it's yeah. a it's a photograph um of like a thing that we kind of had made that makes it sound really highbrow <laughs> and big budget i can assure you the pieces bought to make the artwork not expensive at all um i'm out here just like spelling the secrets of it now but um yeah it kind of started out as this kind of mixed 
kind of idea and then just because of things how it worked, worked out we were like okay well why don't we just do a full narrative do it over the course of the three videos because we have that musically it would be really cool to tie it in visually as well um, and then have your sort of like I guess I keep calling it the orb yeah yeah um, and like that's featured in the videos <laughs> as well and you know we had a lot of development on that because I'll tell you I mean it was originally meant to be like a globe and then it was meant to be something else and we eventually we just kind of had to like we need to do this and we need to do it now otherwise it's not getting done and the album's not coming out um so let's do this and fortunately you know Callum like I say is so good at just trying things and being hands-on and getting into it that it's honestly I'm really happy with how they've all turned out and and again like like you've said the the feedback we've had again similar to God Complex but also to the videos and to the yeah. art direction this time around has been so like refreshing and positive mm -hmm. like I, I actually do I think I sound a little bit speechless about it but I, I really am because a lot of a lot of wanted, what I wanted to do going into this album is like, I was like, musically, it's, I think it's pretty good. Like, it's cool. But I really wanted to step up the visual side of the band. And it, like I say, it's been through ups and downs, but I, I think we have actually done something really cool with it. Um, and the fact that people have been coming back and seeing that and really focusing on it in particular yeah. the videos as well um, has just been so like kind of affirming in the yeah. choices that were made, um, which has just been great. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit of stress to me, kind of make <laughs> that decision, but ultimately the payoff has just been fantastic in terms of the feedback. So thumbs yeah. up all around. Yeah, no, definitely. It's fantastic when you get a vindication of, of the vision you had like that. And obviously, you know, I, I completely agree with it. You know, the, the visuals around the, the artwork for the band and, and the videos work so, so well together um, and really, you know, help set you apart from, you know, other um, you know, bands that are out there, which is what everyone needs to do in this day and age of the internet when everyone, you know, has got so much music at their disposal is you need to stand out. And, you know, I think a lot it's of bands... It's so hard. That, yeah. Like, it's so hard as well, though, because ultimately you want to kind of toe that fine line of we're doing what people are interested in where we want to do it close enough that it taps into that, but like also <laughs> so far away from it that people are like, oh my God, that's different. Like, let's jump ship. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's such a harsh, like, balance to find. Um, but I think almost in doing our own thing with this, it's not even made it an issue, which is, is really, is really cool as well, I think. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, and it must be, you know, really exciting for you to be on the cusp of the release of the new album so vesper is out on september the 30th um obviously listeners can head along to the shop to uh to, to pre-order it there's some great bundles on the band's website and we'll obviously link to that in the bio of the uh of the podcast um i did wonder when i when i looked and saw how you know how many different bundles and everything were on there and obviously done a good job of that i, I was looking out personally for the orb to see whether perhaps we people could buy an orb but uh, truth be told, I want the orb back, but I don't actually have it sitting here. <laughs> Part of the like original thing, I was like, "Oh, we could make it." Yeah. Like, why don't we? Why don't we just make the artwork? Because originally it was actually meant to be a digital thing, and then things move on, projects get busy, all the usual stuff. But I was like, "Why don't we just make it? Like, why don't we just get some stuff and put it together and make it happen?" And I think everybody else is a bit like, "Like, are you?" what like why would you do that like that sounds like a lot of 
stress and work and it might be quite expensive and i was like well it's not it's not really going to be more expensive than like getting it done digitally it's just going to take like a bit of work in terms of getting it to look right um so yeah now I, i'm like <laughs> i want the orb back i want it to sit in my room and i want to just sit with it like the guy <laughs> in the video but not going mental like that <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> definitely not um but you know um you know vespera then talk talk to us about the uh album yeah what was the recording process like for you for this album compared to perhaps the other albums you know we touched on it probably a little bit earlier um and obviously the big one is, is what should fans expect from the album uh in terms of the writing and recording process long <laughs> <laughs> it's like the only way i can describe it now like I had a lot of the, if not all of the instrumental stuff done over a year ago. Um, so it's kind of sat there <laughs> for like a, a while. Um, and then just trying to get like kind of studio space to do everything else. Because I, I record like all the guitars and stuff at home. Um, that's the way we've always worked. It's just, it's it's a kind of workflow we have now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're kind of dealing with the whole, like, like I said earlier, like kind of COVID and do we go somewhere to do it? Do we do it at home? Can we, can we do it somewhere or can we do it at home? Like lots of questions kind of like that. And then kind of when we were getting to a point of maybe starting to like continue recording it, um, we were back out on tour, we were back playing festivals and shows and that impacts onto everybody's time. So yeah, the, the recording process was long um at this point i probably never want to hear the album ever again <laughs> um just you know just in time to release yeah. it and play it live and you know what else would i rather be doing than not listening to? <laughs> um but yeah in terms of what people can expect um i mean it really is an evolved version of the band um i think it really refines the songwriting process um like i know on our first album it all again the, the format's kind of the same it all flows into one another it all blends together but i feel like on the first album there's a few points where you're like is that a song like has the song ended like mm, i'm not too sure about that whereas on this one it's like it all blends together but there's very clear points where it like ends and moves on um and i think it's paced much better as well um, in terms of the actual sound, um, it's it's a pretty dreary sounding record. Um, I'm not I'm not going to lie about <laughs> it. Um, I think partially writing it in sort of 2020 into 2021, um, that impacted a lot because it was an out for me. Um, like especially when I'd kind of gone back to work and I was like, I'm doing this day job, but I, I'm not getting to do shows, I'm not getting to tour, I'm not getting to see anybody. I'm actually going to work, working and coming home. Or I'm trapped here in my room working from home. So I think a lot of that filtered into it. Um, for me, it's so it's very atmospheric, it's very dreary, and it's very like I'd say it's very like aggressive sounding. Like once you kind of get through that initial sort of shimmer of the atmosphere it's just like a really cutting record um musically and especially in the lyrical side of it like um yeah i mean it's 
you're you're from the UK, like you know what it's like living here. Yeah. Like it's it's not good. <laughs> um, it's you know quality of life is down, cost of living is up. Yeah, you've got a government that arguably nobody I know voted for. Um, exactly. <laughs> it's it's pretty. We're beyond calling it sad, really. Um, and I think the lyrical side of this album really does. You know, we've touched on it before. We've touched on the climate change side of things. We've touched on veganism. Uh, we've always been a, quite a social band in that sense, like in terms of your sort of social surroundings yeah. and, and culture and, you know, uh, political kind of things. Um, and I think this album really taps into it, but in a really personal way. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, yeah, like I say, it's an aggressive record. It's a, I think it might actually be quite a relatable record to a lot of people, um, particularly sort of people in, I mean, I'm, I'm 32, um, so I'm like kind of, <laughs> not young, but like kind of peak, weird millennial, yeah. <laughs> mid-2000s mid credit crunch, like that's yeah. me all over. Um, you know, I think the first album uh, did lean heavily into the kind of topics of veganism, which I think is great. Like I, I'm personally, I'm I'm vegan. I still am. I'm always going to be. Um, but I think that maybe alienated some people who maybe could have latched onto the record if they had just listened. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think you know it, it. Maybe that was a little. I'm glad we did it because I think you should write about what you want to yeah. write about and what you know. And I think that delivers the best, most honest performance. But I think this time. It's done in, you know, with that similar mentality, but it's definitely something that's a lot more open for people to really listen to and dig and dig into, actually. Um, and I think there's a lot more personal kind of nuance to it that people can really latch on to and interpret in their own way as well, um, which is really interesting. Yeah, no, it's really brave these days for artists actually to be willing to touch, you know, potentially tricky subjects. Obviously, you know, a fair few years ago now, um, you know, something called Brexit, you know, really divided the country and remained divided since then on a, on a lot of subjects. And obviously, when you are vying for the attention um, of you know, listeners and, and getting fans in, I think a lot of bands shy away from hitting them, um, you know, important subjects, you know, because they're afraid that, oh, I could lose me part of that audience. Um, you know, is, is that something it's, that you, you, you are conscious of? But obviously, as you say, you, you know, you feel it's the right thing to do to, to speak up. I think it's the right thing to do. Um, I went through a period in my life where I maybe wasn't so enthused about doing that. Like, I'll, I'll be honest about that. But now I'm like, nah, this is bad. Like, this is bad. So, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, we kind of, you kind of have to. And if you're feeling a certain way and you can channel it into, like I said earlier, like an outlet, like, do it. Like, it's, it's so cathartic. And, you know, I've, I've spoken about this before on, on other interviews and I, I actually, it, it does bum me out a little bit when we kind of do these things. And, you know, on the last album, like I say, it was heavily sort of climate change, kind of veganism. They were the kind of main subjects. And to kind of see people like metal fans angry about it was just sad at the end of yeah. the day. Like they kind of keep your politics out of my metal. I was like, you're metal is inherently like a political genre of music like it is yeah. it's left field it's very like almost left leaning and like even you've got those early like megadeth records like peace sells but who's buying like 
yeah. That's about as anti-war as it kind of gets. Like it's it's so bizarre to me that people have lost sight of that, and I like being like it's not controversial because it's not no. like you can't call it controversial. But I like having something that we can talk about on top of it, and I like having just something that people can get like stuck into. Um, whether they agree or disagree at the end of the day, like if it's something to talk about, it's something to talk about. Um, and I love that ours happens to be very politically and socially charged at the end of the day. Like that's yeah. that's what I like. That's it what is, I want to listen to. It's, exactly. Um, <laughs> it's really it is really important. You know, I think we need more artists such as yourselves that are willing to do that, especially in the current climate. You know, I think a lot of people are, are blinkered. You know, you mentioned bands like Megadeth. You know, there's probably a lot of Megadeth fans that don't realise, you know, the meanings behind those songs. I mean, there was a Twitter storm uh, a while back with, uh, you know, people realising that Rage Against the Machine are a political band. So it's like, well, what, no. what machine were they raging against? I don't know. Oh, like, <laughs> I, I couldn't possibly have known no. <laughs> Rage Against the Machine were a political band. Like, oh, come on. Like, it's, in, it's literally, you say, it's in the name. Yeah. And then it's like, in any one of the lyrics, it's right there. Like, it's not even hidden. And, and I mean, I love that. Like, I remember when I was, like, I was 10 or 11, and my friend bought the, like, Rage Against the Machine CD, and he put Bomb Track on, and it blew my little mind. Like, I just never heard anything that, like, visceral. Yeah. And, like, a critique. And, I mean, like, at that young age, even, like, I would say I was quite politicised. Uh, and kind of understood things that were obviously I don't have like a massive understanding but I think I, I did have that and then when I heard a band doing it I was like oh my god this is like like hell yeah <laughs> this is great like this is I, I love Limp Bizkit but like he's effectively rapping about his junk like <laughs> great although in hindsight I have gone back to Limp Bizkit in far later years and been like actually this was a bit of social commentary that is interesting but like at that time when I was that young I was like yeah the political thing kind of just like sparked something off in my brain and that was it and I guess that is informed kind of what we do now um yeah. and I like that people can you know the feedback that we get that people who do listen to it and do latch onto it is is great and like I, I know that people have come up to us and spoken to us and been like actually you you really did make me think about something that I didn't really know how to explain. I'm not going to say that we're like, we're always right or or whatever, but like, I like the fact that we've been able to have conversations with people. Um, yeah. Even in interviews like this or just people at shows, like, it's really cool. And you know, if people maybe don't agree, but they want to overlook it and just listen to the music, like that's, that's cool as well. Like, yeah, there's, yeah. there's enough riffs. Um, oh, there I'm is. Feeling extra nice. <laughs> I might even release an instrumental version one day. <laughs> oh, that sounds excellent. Um, but yeah, that that is you know what I think we're lacking in society is being able to have a conversation. It's very much now. Actually, I don't agree agree with you. Therefore, you're wrong because I'm always right. You know, but it's not always the case. There's a lot of grey in society. Um, you know, but yeah, we've gone down a rabbit hole there. We right. Yeah, a very, a very deep, very deep rabbit hole that I could talk about for ages. But I'll I'll save that for another time. Yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, you've got this fantastic record that's going to come out. We've had a sneak peek of it, and listeners are in for a real treat when it comes out. Um, 
so yeah, the, the, there's two sides of the music industry, isn't there? You know, there's the recorded side, and then there's the side that you know I think we all probably love slightly more is the live side. Uh, and you mentioned obviously getting that out and playing shows again post pandemic, which must have been you know really cathartic and great for you to get out and do. And of course, you've got some shows coming up. You're going to be touring with. Uh, Pale Face and Pint Glass uh, in September, aren't you? So you know, yeah, um... absolutely. It's it's going to be a giggle. That's what yeah. I keep saying about it. I'm like, it's <laughs> going to be a giggle because like, I feel like it, like Pale Face are quite like not a, like serious band, but I feel like it's quite dark and very moody. And then there's like Pint Glass, who are like the loveliest bunch of guys. Like they're some of them have been friends of ours since we started the, this band. Um, they're just nice, but it's great patter. It's fun. And then there's us kind of at the bottom of the bill. And I'm like, are we deadly serious? Or like, can we have fun? Or like, what's the deal here? And then we'll play live. And like, our our live show is much more in line with like, I don't know, like a fun band, I suppose you could say. Like, I know a lot of bands in our sort of style, the technical death metal or death metal, or whatever you want to call it, just kind of stand there, which is... You kind of need to if you're playing this stuff, but like, I don't know, I think we get into it far more. So actually, in terms of being on the tour, I think we're maybe a bit of a misfit in terms of the vibe of our band and maybe the sound a little bit. But in terms of the actual show, I think all three bands are like on the same wavelength in terms of putting on like the good show. Um, and I think it'll it'll be fun. It'll be a good tour. Um, it's also the first time we're going out since December last year, so yeah. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, you must be. Um, but to be honest, I, I love the shows where you know the bands aren't necessarily all exactly the same. You know, obviously you want them to be from you know the same kind of world, but you know it, it's nice to get a, an eclectic nice mix little there. mixed bell. I mean, that's why I quite like the. I know I look at the the sort of Impericon, the Never Say Die tour, and I go, oh, "That's my back, my back hurts." <laughs> my back hurts the doors are at five why why are there seven bands here but i look at the bell and i go actually you know what that's sick like on the same bell you've got like white chapel like Fuluja, and then someone like body snatcher and i'm like what like they're all on the same bell like what <laughs> um but it's so cool to see that for me like i love that i love so many different styles of music but so many different styles of metal and to kind of be able to get that on one bell i think is just yeah it's great um so i like i like seeing it and i like being part of it as well which is nice definitely and you must be really excited to play the new material as well three whole new songs and three i keep calling them classics now <laughs> <laughs> um yeah three new songs two singles and one new one that you can't hear until release day yeah so so listeners definitely need to um, find one of these shows and head along uh we've already talked about social media and of course that's the best way these days to stay up to date with bands um to be able to obviously follow the releases and the shows that are going on so uh god eater i've got your um details here you're on instagram facebook and twitter all at god eater uk which is fantastic that you've got the same handle for each one because quite often i have to read out three different ones <laughs> I, I i worked hard to get that many <laughs> years ago um and i think it was different at one point and then i just kind of waited long enough but it's the same on the three of those it's the same on our twitch channel our tiktok and our merch store so you can find it like everywhere i think they and i think it's the same on youtube as well 
So I've got it yeah. like everywhere. <laughs> You've got it nailed down, which is excellent. Um, so you score points for me on that one, definitely. Um, so, so you mentioned the likes of you know, Twitch and TikTok then. Um, I, I did, you know, I was going to ask you about those because it, it, I'll have to admit, all over my head, um, <laughs> that, those channels. But, you know, it seems that, you know, the band are you know, quite active across social media. So, you know, how important is it to you as a band to have, you know, that additional kind of presence? I mean, make or break. Like, yeah. at this point, like, uh, I was talking about this in work, actually, before I came home earlier. Like, I've, I've used social media as, a, as an individual as long as I can remember. Like, since I was, like, 14, I yeah. think I was on it. Maybe, technically, see if you include forums, like, the OG internet, like, basement dwelling stuff. I've probably been on social media since I was about 11, technically. And then did MySpace thing, Vivo, Facebook... Instagram, Twitter, like the lot. And then, so it's always been important. Like, I know it as a fan of finding bands that I wouldn't have found those bands. Like, even some of my favorite bands, I would never have found without social media. Yeah. So, even as a fan, I follow bands on it. I'm always looking at stuff. I know how important that is. But in terms of the, the sort of newer stuff, I mean, like, TikTok is. I'm trying to get onto it. I'm trying to do it more. It's, I feel like it goes against like everything I've been kind of taught or learned about as horrible as it sounds like content making. Yeah. Like, oh, everything should be high quality out the window. Pixelated memes, that's the way to go. Like, it's so strange to me and how constant it is and how loud it all is. <laughs> I'm like, this is no, why is everybody yelling? Why is all the audio like, clipped like what why 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 do people enjoy this but at the end of the day like i view it as a platform to help not just promote god eater our music our merch but to engage with people and yeah. that's really where like the twitch channel has just excelled like the twitch and the combination of twitch and discord allowed us in 2020 and 2021 and still every monday and thursday every week we're on there and we're speaking to people like we're maintaining contact with them we're like the most important thing for developing developing a band is almost the engagement to me now and engaging with fans and speaking to people and converting people who are maybe not sold on you and making that like communication channel just not only exist but like actually using it and honestly yeah. see the fact that we weren't able to speak to people at like the merch table at shows, we weren't able to meet people, but there's just some randomer that's found you on Twitch because you're listening to metal music and wants to talk about metal and then like, oh wait, you play in a band? Like I thought you were just some like random guy. And I'm like, no, actually I have to play in a band. Like the one of the other guys does it another week, another day of the week. Like it's been such a lifeline for us. Um and honestly, like it's small, like I'll, I'll be honest, it's small numbers, but like it's been really cool um, to use. It's been really cool to engage with people. And at the end of the day, like I say, that's, that's kind of what helps you grow yeah. as a band. Like it's all well and good putting your song on Spotify and putting your music video on YouTube. But if you're not actively out there, you know, pushing that or speaking to people who are commenting on it or taking it to people or people aren't coming to you, like, there's a bit of a problem yeah. and the fact that I think we've been able, you know, as I was saying earlier, like I've spent the past two years, like actually just working like on the band 
we've been able to try these things and get them to work and to use them and still use them. You know, I think that if I was looking at us from the outside as a perspective, sort of manager, agent, press person, label, whatever, I would be a bit like, oh, oh, that's pretty like switched on. That's pretty like forward thinking. Like, oh, they're on there like every week and they've got a Discord. Like, I know the numbers are small, but like I would personally be looking at that like, wow, that's that's interesting to see. Because not, I'm surprised not met more people latched on to the Twitch thing, mm. other than the fact that to set up the audio side of it <laughs> is an absolute living nightmare. Like, if you don't have a little bit of technical background and like a little bit of problem solving ability, it's going nowhere. And honestly, the audio side of it took me forever to stream guitar stuff on it, which I actually don't even do anymore because not that many people are concerned with it. It's really weird. Yeah. People would kind of be like, oh, oh my God, they're playing guitar. Like, yay. But after like the two weeks of it, you're like, well, I've played all our songs <laughs> and everybody's seen them and nobody is that fussed. And so it's more then I was like, oh, well, actually, it's more about the engagement and the conversation. And I kind of changed completely how we did it. So it was really like, yeah, it's been interesting to use. And it, I think it's really helped highlight, you know, the fact that social media is make or break for a band. It's, it's yeah, it was pretty yeah. big awakening, to be honest, of something I knew anyway. But like to actually see it and not be able to do anything but social media, it was, yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah. And I was some still point. at uni. Yeah. If I was still at uni, I would definitely be like, can I write about this for my dissertation? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's something that I picked up on straight away, you know, when, when looking uh, into the band. And obviously, I think it is certainly uh, a fantastic thing you're doing and it will continue to grow. So obviously, yeah, listeners, God Eat a UK, um, you know, find the band and, uh, you know, check out all of this great work that they're doing. Um, Ross, thank you for, for giving us your time. We've got one section left of the podcast, which we always have last, uh, and that follows on from our live discussions, and it's called Set List Science. So the uh, question is, how much importance do you place into the structure of a set list, and have you got any rules that you tend to follow? I'm going to be honest, I'm a freak with <laughs> building a set list. Like, an absolute head case when it comes down to it. Like people are always like, you can't be that bad. And I'm like, no, I, I really am. Like sometimes the other guys will come and be like, oh, we should do these songs. And I'm like, well, you can't because <laughs> that song's in this key and this song's in that key and you can't put them together because there's not an appropriate drop off point to blend them together. And my brain starts working <laughs> over time and trying to work it out so there I don't really know if there's like an official science to it I don't think I could don a lab coat and say that but <laughs> there's definitely like there's definitely some theory behind it for me and um, like you know saying earlier about what singles to release and what order to put them in it's almost like that but applied in like the sort of live sense like I would want to start with like a big song and then you go into the second song and it kind of drops back a bit and you kind of get people in and they kind of know what you're about and then you can then start speeding up you can slow down in the middle and then you want you basically want to start and end yeah. strong like that's what it kind of comes down to because if you're at a festival slot people might catch your first song or your first two songs and then leave to see another band 
and then people might catch your last song because they've come to see the band after you so I, you want them to be like yeah as strong as possible um we're a little bound sometimes for the fact that our songs are kind of run together um so normally i'll like do them in such a way that we're doing like kind of two or three kind of stemmy joined together with little breaks and number one number one rule in god eater set me kind of making no dead space no mm. silence there is never an actual moment of silence in our set even between songs um because we we run the laptop with like tracks and stuff there's always like even just an ambient sort of rumble <laughs> um and since we started doing it i've noticed how many bands don't do it yeah and it once I've noticed it, it's like glass shattering, uh, and I get really annoyed by it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, I, I, I do love that actually. Yeah, um, the the thought that goes into it, I'm a setless geek myself. You know, I, I pay a lot of attention to it, and you can tell the bands that also pay a lot of attention to it. And I love the idea of the 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 no silence here, having the ambient music there because it does keep the interest up. Yeah, there's nothing worse than just this awkward silence while you know, there's a changeover or whatever's going on and everyone's just sort of milling about like, oh, right, what's going next? But I um, can hear the drummer kind of yeah. pedals and some, oh, it's so annoying and like awkward to listen because <laughs> I'm like, nah, keep the noise up, keep the energy up. Like, if you, and people will know it's not stopping. Like, I think that's such an important thing to keep people engaged. Like, again, keep people engaged. Yeah. Like, that's what it is at the end of the day. Yeah, no, it is. And, you know, actually, I think the most interesting point you made, and it's the first time I've actually heard it, but it is a really obvious thing, is, is relating to the festivals. You know, yeah, a lot of people will perhaps catch the first couple of songs or the last couple of songs of a band, you know. It's a, obviously, yeah, to strategically place, you know, big hitters there to, to capture those people was really, really thoughtful. So, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm more kind of weirdly proud of it. <laughs> yeah, no, you should be, you should be. <laughs> like, I think because every time I have to do a set for, like, tour or something, I have to, like, map it out and I have to do all the tempo changes and make sure the click tracks work and make sure all the tracks are in the right place so the orchestrations are here and the ambient guitars are there and, like, just all that stuff. So there's so much more to it for us than just going... I'm going to play like these six songs. Oh, can we make this happen? Can we do another one another night? Like, I'm sure I saw Cattle Decapitation last week again, and I'm sure they changed their set list like just on the day. And I was like, I'm having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> I'm like, just thinking about that. Like, no, no. Like, Dream Theater, I'm sure, used to have a mental thing about like they would base what they were going to play depending on like what they played last time. And the distance to drive between a certain place and and i was like okay i'm not that i'm not that mental but like that's <laughs> where i could probably end up if i didn't kind of if we've changed it every night i could see myself getting that way real fast so it's probably a good thing we don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i remember interviewing uh bowling for soup a number of years ago and actually they said, you know, they have the, the first two songs are normally known, you know, we're going to play this song and this song. And then basically the, the singer Jarrett calls it on the stage and has these, you know, silent cues to the other band members to say, oh, we're playing this song next or whatever song next. So they have no idea. They have never, they've never had a written set list. So yeah, um, that would obviously drive you mad. <laughs> Although, funny story, we have never actually written down a set list on a bit of paper ever. Not even typed it. Like we've never done it. 
and people have like people ask us like oh can i get a copy yeah. of the list and i'm like i'm really sorry like <laughs> i can send you the text document i guess that i wrote it down like is that cool like i'll even i'll i'll you know type sign it it's okay don't worry <laughs> um but yeah like we, i think because we just run the track and it's like half an hour or 45 minutes all the way through and everybody has a copy of it in advance yeah. we just kind of like muscle memory it yeah and that's that and we just kind of go for it um i'm actually doing it like well i did it last weekend i need to export all the tracks but i'm in like set list making mode right now <laughs> <laughs> well um yeah no excellent i i love it um i, I really enjoy that conversation i said this at the end of all these podcasts and that was a really interesting one ross um so yeah no thank you again for giving us the time and coming on the podcast obviously listeners you need to be checking out vespero when it comes out on the 30th and obviously you need to be heading along to one of the shows uh, again god eat uk is the place to go and do that and obviously you can head to the link in the bio of the uh, podcast to get there so um what would be your final message today ross for the listeners uh, I mean, thanks for having me. First, I hope uh, I hope people enjoy it. <laughs> I hope people enjoy the conversation. Um, if you checked out God Eater before, thank you very much. Uh, please come to any shows we're doing this year, next year. Pre-order the album because it's still up for pre-order until you know it comes out. You can get a copy and you can get merch and stuff. And um, those packages are kind of semi-limited, so I would recommend if you do want to pre-order it, please do um thanks for supporting the band ultimately um and if you know if you do see us at a show or just hit us up like we're always down to chat um and yeah i hope basically i just hope people enjoy the album at the end of the day like that's all i can really hope for at this point like <laughs> it sounds it sounds a little kind of begging and desperate but like i just i really do hope that people take away from it the same you know the same as as we have in kind of making it uh and i hope you know they enjoy it and share it with a friend share it with the friends like the really important part. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah just thank you um thank you to everybody who's you know kind of supported us so so far especially in those past few years um and yeah i really i do just hope that the album I guess it's worth the wait and people enjoy it. So, yeah. Um, and again, for me, yeah, we've had a sneak peek and it definitely will be. So, listeners, make sure you check that one out. Thank you so much, Ross. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you everyone for listening. I really do hope you enjoyed that chat there with God Eater. Make sure you do check out their single God Complex over on our Discover new music playlist on Spotify and of course follow the band on social media and if you would please do follow Full Pelt on social media we are on Facebook at Full Pelt and on Twitter and Instagram at Full Pelt Music and finally if you would please do hit that subscribe button hit that like button wherever you're watching or listening and we'll be back very soon for another episode of the Discover new music podcast <laughs>